We're going to be reading the Bible now. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 8. If you would like a Bible or you'd like to follow along, you don't have one here, just pop your hand up and someone can bring that to you. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside waiting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Thank you, Sophie. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, My name is uh, Craig. I was on the ministry team here last year. Uh, So if you're new here and you don't know uh, who who I am, that's uh, where where I was. Uh, Now I've got a new job. But it's great to be back at 8.30. I haven't been here for a while. I now go to 10.30. Uh, Great to be preaching today. Uh, Great to have the kids in as well. Uh, So I'm really hoping, kids, that you might be able to follow along a bit in our uh, talk today as well. So how about I pray that God would speak to us through his word today. Let's pray. Father God, we do pray that you would soften our hearts as we listen to your word today. Help us to be teachable, we pray. Help us to understand your word and respond to it in a way that is pleasing to you. Amen. It'd be great if you could have that passage open uh, in your Bibles or in your Bible apps as we follow along. But I want to begin by asking you a, a fairly personal question to begin with this morning. And it is, how good a listener are you? 
How good a listener do you think you are? Now, if I were to ask you to give yourself at a, a score out of 10, what score do you think you'd give yourself as a, as a listener out uh, of 10? Now, I won't get you to turn to the person next to you and ask them what score they would give you, but my guess is that most of us think that we're pretty good listeners. My current profession is that I'm a counsellor and family therapist, so I spend a lot of my week listening to people, particularly people's problems. So you'd think that I'd be a pretty good listener, but I think I struggle with listening just as much as the next person. Let me give you an example from my past week. I was really keen to have a chat with one of my children about something that I thought they needed to work on, something that I thought they needed to improve on. Anyway, we're out together having a great conversation and they were listening so well. It was one of those parent-child moments that was going really well and you thought, wow, isn't this great? They're really listening and it's, it's going well. And one thing I wanted to say to them that I thought they needed to work on, that they needed to improve on, was listening better to their parents. Well, I decided to also riskily ask them how they thought I could be a better dad. And they gave me some really good advice, something I was completely unaware of uh, in my life that I was doing that was unhelpful to them. Now, you'll never guess what happened when I got home. I forgot completely about what they told me to do to be a better dad. So I had to sheepishly walk into their bedroom and say, what was that thing you said to me again about being a better dad? They kindly explained it to me. I completely forgot an hour later. Quite ironic, don't you think, when I was focused on telling them that they needed to be a better listener. And I think as humans, we have a natural inclination towards wanting to be understood rather than to understand other people. We prioritise being understood over understanding. So some of us may be really good listeners in the workplace really good listeners with our friends or school friends, but not so good listeners with our family or spouses. Now, just as any good relationship involves good listening, a good relationship with God involves good listening, good listening to him. And the parable we're looking at today is all about listening. And the parable does not so much have a sting in the tail today or a twist in the tail. It's more a secret is, unre- uh, is revealed at the end of the parable. It unveils to us the secret knowledge of the kingdom of God for those who listen well to it. Now, I'm not just saying this to get you to listen to my sermon today, right to the end. Jesus says four times in this passage how important it is to listen well to God's word and incredible blessings will flow to those who do. Have a look with me so you know that I'm not making this up. In chapter 8, verse 8 of Luke, Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. At the conclusion of the parable in verse 15, Jesus says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. And then in verse 18, therefore consider carefully how you listen. Then to make the point even more strongly in verse 21, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So listening carefully to what God's word says is what this parable is all about. But the big question this raises for us is, how do we listen well to God's word? So let's get into the parable and consider what it looks like to be good listeners of God. Now, like any good preacher, Jesus tells an intriguing story to get his listeners involved. And what an amazing story this is. Possibly his most famous parable, the parable of the sower. 
Uh, Pete brought out a book a few weeks ago that he reads with his kids uh, called My Dad when they were younger. I managed to dig out a book that I read with my kids uh, when they were younger. Uh, this book is 22 years uh, old, and uh, I can tell that by the price. And I bought it when I was in the UK, £1.25p. So I must be getting very old. Well, let me read the parable of the sower to you from this book, which is a fairly close account uh, of Jesus' word. A few slight differences here and there, which you might pick up. Hopefully there's some pictures uh, on the screen as well. Well, there once was a farmer who went out to scatter seed on his field. Where did the seed land? Some on the road, some on the rocks, some among thorns, but most of the seed fell on good soft soil. Pickety peck, pickety peck. Sorry, page before that. That one, yeah. Oh. Sorry, I've missed a page. Um, anyway, listen on. Where are we up to? Let's do that. Okay, I'll, go, I'll get to this. Peckety peck, peckety peck. Hungry birds ate the seed on the road, and then we get to this page. Poppity pop, poppity pop. The seeds on the rock popped up in hurry, but the soil was so thin, the little seedlings shriveled and died. Scritchity scratch, scritchity scratch. The thorn bushes scratched and choked the little sprouts growing among them. But the seed that fell on the soft, damp soil sprouted and grew. Some seeds grew a little, some grew more, some grew a lot of wheat. The farmer was pleased with his crop. After Jesus told the story, his friends wondered about it. What does the story mean, they asked. So Jesus answered their question. Now, I won't tell you what uh, the answer is from this book. We'll look at the Bible to see what Jesus says about explaining that parable. Now, it's easy after hearing a sermon to just remember the interesting stories, but to actually forget the meaning of them, isn't it? Jesus does not want us to make that mistake here. Have a look at the end of verse 8. He has just told them this intriguing parable story, and then he shouts out to the crowd, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, there's a big crowd listening to Jesus at this point, and it says that Jesus literally cries out. He raises his voice. He shouts out. In effect, he's saying, don't fall asleep now. Don't start checking your emails now. Don't start checking your Instagram accounts now. Listen to the explanation. So in verses 11 to 15, Jesus goes on to explain the parable to us. Jesus firstly says that the seed represents the word of God. He goes on to then explain that there are four types of listeners to God's word, four types of ground that the seed falls on. In verse 12, there is the path, which is the hard ground. Verse 13, there is the rocky ground. Verse 14, there is the thorny ground. Verse 15, there is the good soil ground. Four types of grounds which explain the four types of listeners to God's word. So every time the word of God is preached or read, the seed of God's word falls on one of those four types of listeners. Hard, rocky, thorny and good. Now in my backyard I have three fruit trees. A lemon tree, an orange tree and a grapefruit tree. In these containers here, I have gathered up some soil from each of these three trees. I uh, have also some path here, which I've managed to find in my backyard. Nothing has ever grown on that, not surprisingly. This here is from the lemon tree, really good soil. This lemon tree produces hundreds of lemons year after year without fail. So the soil must be good. Uh, this here is from the uh, grapefruit tree. 
beautiful looking grapefruits that come out, but always taste horrible. So it must be a bit rocky down there, some rocks from the bottom of that tree. And from the orange tree, it, it promises so much, my orange tree. It produced some oranges a few years ago, but since then, it's been useless. Here's some roots that I managed to uh, drag up, uh, some thorns from the bottom of my orange tree. Three grounds, not, not so good, and one good. Three bad listeners and one good listener. So let's have a look at listener one, the hard ground. Have a look at verse 12. It's fairly uh, self-explanatory here. It says, those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes, takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So when God's word is taught or preached, we can be sure that God's enemy, the devil, will turn up like clockwork, seeking to snatch away that seed before it penetrates even a millimetre. It's like when you start listening to a sermon. You listen for a bit, but then you can quickly start daydreaming, answering those emails, thinking about all the other things that are going on in your life. And when you do that, the devil is cheering. Or perhaps when you set aside time to sit down and read God's word and something always gets in the way, the phone rings, the kettle boils, the dog barks or whatever it is and you get distracted and the devil goes, yes, another victory. We need to know that every time we open God's word, spiritual warfare begins and we can easily become like the hard ground where God's word just bounces off and nothing is understood or retained. Is that you? Well, let's move on to the second listener. Like my grapefruit tree here, uh, the rocky ground, which can look promising, but in the end tastes horrible. So let's have a look at verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So they receive it with joy. They hear it and listen for a while, but as soon as testing comes along, they fall away. It's a very good summary of my grapefruit tree. Looks good, but never delivers in the end. And isn't that so easy to do as well? So many people love so much of what Jesus says about loving our neighbour, not judging others, caring for the outcasts. But when Jesus says things that are a bit hard, a bit controversial, a bit costly, a bit countercultural, they reject those bits. I'll have the Jesus of love and compassion, thanks very much, but I'll reject what Jesus says about sexual purity. But the thing about the Bible is we can't pick and choose what we like. We can't make up our own version of God or Jesus. No, we need to accept all of it. The hard bits as well as the easier bits. It's an all or nothing package with the Bible. And Jesus says the rocky ground listeners, they will fall away. They will eventually give up on Jesus when testings come their way. I've been a Christian now for nearly 30 years and it grieves me as I look back over my life at the number of people I've known, who I've known very well, who have fallen away from God because they ended up rejecting the hard bits of God's word when it was costly for them to do in some way. It's an all-or-nothing book, which sounds very fundamental, doesn't it? But it's what Jesus said himself. 
Not the smallest letter will disappear from God's word until it is accomplished. Matthew chapter, nine, chapter 5, verse 18. Are you a rocky ground listener who picks and chooses bits of the Bible you like and don't like? Well, let's look at the thorny ground listener. Let's move on to uh, my orange tree, thorny ground. Have a look at verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Again, things seem to begin quite well, but then the worries, riches and pleasures of life choke them all out, which is definitely a good summary of my orange tree. Promised so much, but has failed to deliver. Now, the thorns, the worries, the riches, the pleasures of life can be many things. Job stresses, money, worries, mortgages, renovations, parenting, marriage, family struggles, study, examinations, ill health, even hobbies and travel. The list goes on. It's whatever it is that crowds out God's word from our life, where God gets slowly squeezed out. Now, it's worth just pausing here for a moment as we finish looking at these three bad listeners, these three bad grounds, and asking ourselves honestly, which bad listener am I most susceptible to being? The hard ground, perhaps, where it just, the word of God just bounces off straight away. You walk out those doors today and you forget about what you've just heard. Perhaps the, the rocky listener starts well, but you ignore and reject the hard and uncomfortable bits of God's word. Or perhaps the thorny listener, where you let the worries and the riches and pleasures and comforts of life take over and God gets squeezed out of your life. Which are you most susceptible to those three bad listeners? Now, there's no way of watering this down or softening this because these three listeners all end up falling away from God, not following God in the end. So they're a warning for us to take very seriously. We mustn't listen like them. Well, let's turn to a more happy topic, the good listener of God's word. This is definitely a picture of my lemon tree, which produces an amazing amount of lemons each year. Verse 15 is the punchline of this parable. It's so important for us to understand it reveals to us the secrets of the kingdom of God. How can we have eternal life and fruitful Christian lives? So let me read it for us. It says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Sounds simple, but as you look more closely at verse 15, it does raise many questions for us. What does it mean to have a noble and good heart? What does it mean to retain the word of God? How does one persevere? What kind of crop will we produce? I think the most helpful way to visualize uh, this verse is in three stages. Stage one is the seed, the word of God, falls on a noble and good heart. What is a noble and good heart? It is one that is humble and teachable and open to what God says. That says to God, God, help me understand your word and respond to it in a way that is pleasing to you, just as we prayed before the sermon today. And this goes back to verse 9. 
where the disciples ask Jesus to help them understand his parable. They're humble and teachable. They have noble and good hearts that are open to God and desire to truly understand his word. And they're contrasted to those at the end of verse 10 who don't humbly ask God to help them understand his word. They think they already know what it means. They are the people who, it says there, though seeing will not truly see, though hearing will not understand. So if we're to understand God's word, we must firstly ask and beg God to give us noble and good hearts so we can truly understand it. And this noble and good hearts is something that we can't produce in ourselves. You can't produce a, a noble and good heart. It's a gift from God. It's his grace. So we must beg him and ask him to give us such hearts. Have you done that? Have you asked him to transform your heart so that we can really truly understand him and understand his word? Well, that's stage one. Stage two of verse 15 says, retain it. Retain that word in our hearts. So easy, isn't it? As I said before, to hear a sermon, then walk out those doors after the service or turn the TV off, they're listening online, and completely forget about what we've just heard. Or in the morning, read the Bible. And then an hour later, think, what did I just read this morning? I regularly have that happen to me. No, if we are to be the good ground, the good soil, we must, as verse 15 says, retain that word, retain it in our hearts. And retaining it's not just putting it in a special jar, like a treasure. No, it's to be practiced in the world. Every time we hear God's word, we should be thinking and saying, God, how do you want me to respond to this? What do you want me to do in response to your word today? So stage one of verse 15, ask for a good and noble heart as you hear God's word. Stage two, retain it by putting it into practice. Stage three, persevere. Keep practicing it. Keep on keeping on. And if we do that, as verse 15 says, we'll produce a crop. The Greek word for crop here is karpon, which means fruit. Here is uh, one of my lemons uh, early uh, in the season. Looks like it's going to be another great year for my lemon tree. When Jesus in the New Testament talks about fruit, it is usually referring to the godliness of character, holiness, righteousness, becoming more like Jesus, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So as we seek to persevere in hearing and practicing God's word, we start to become more like Jesus. Wouldn't it be a strange thing if over time as a Christian, we become more crabby, more grumpy, more critical of others, if we're truly listening to God's word? Perhaps over lunch today, after asking a family uh, member or friend if they think you're a good listener or not, you can ask them if they think your character is becoming more like Jesus and how, or perhaps how your character is not becoming more like Jesus. Sure, that will make for an interesting lunchtime conversation today. So the three stages of listening to God's word in verse 15 are listen with noble and good hearts, ask God for such hearts, retain God's word by practicing it and persevere in practicing it. Now, I want to finish uh, today by trying to make this really practical for us. I heard a story this week about two people who were talking about stamp collecting. Uh, once a popular pastime, not so popular these days. And one of the other men asked 
uh, the other he, uh, who is visiting his home, are you a stamp collector? Do you collect stamps? And he said, yes, I do. And the man said, oh, great. I'd love to see your stamp collection. And then he went and looked in the sitting room. I oh, couldn't find his stamps there. He said, oh, I'll just go up into the study. The stamps are there. Went into his study, couldn't find the stamps there. He said, they must be up in the loft. Went up to the loft to try and find his stamps there. They weren't there. And he came back down and said, they must be in the garage. Finally, he couldn't even find them there. And the other man said, I've got news for you. You're not. You don't collect stamps. And often it's the same with Bible reading. We ask someone, are you a Bible reader? And they say, oh, yes, I'm a Bible reader. And we ask, when did you read the, did you read the Bible today? And they say, no, not today. And then we say, did you read it yesterday? And they say, no, I didn't read it yesterday. And then we ask them, when did you last read it? And they say, oh, I read it last Tuesday. Yeah, last Tuesday. And we say, what did you read? And they say, ah, um, I think it was from Luke. Yeah, yeah, Luke, it was from Luke. And we say, I've got news for you. You're not a Bible reader. And you and I are not Bible readers if we just have this vague respect for the word of God. So my challenge for us today is how can we become better Bible readers? I think there's a number of helpful things that we can do to help develop, develop this habit. And to decide on a time and a place for you to listen to God's word. When will you be most focused to listen to God's word? Decide on what you want to read beforehand so that when you sit down to read, you don't just think, oh, what shall I read today? So that as you open your Bible, you know what you're planning on reading. Then as you open the Bible, pray, God, give me a teachable heart so I can understand it. And then when you finish reading, pray again. God, how can I put your word into practice today that I've just read? Now, I know some of us find reading the Bible really hard. It's a really difficult dif discipline for many. So maybe try and find some others who also struggle and you can encourage each other in reading it. My wife was invited by some friends uh, this year to join a WhatsApp group of ladies who are reading through the Bible over two years. And each day they spur each other on and they share a little bit about something that they've read that day from the passage and it encourages each other. So maybe you can start something similar with some friends as well or whatever it is that may help you to develop the habit of reading the Bible regularly, of understanding God's word, of listening to it and practicing it in our lives. That's what it means to be a good listener of God's word. Well, let's pray that he might help us to read the Bible and be better listeners of it. Please join me. Lord, we thank you so much for giving us your precious word. Thank you that it is life-giving and life-changing. Help us, we pray, to read it regularly. Help us, we pray, to understand it and put it into practice each day so that we can become more and more like your son, the Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.